like a, a good book, you want there to be some sort of of narrative to it. So for our podcast, we always start, like I said, with sort of an introduction of what we're going to be talking about that week. Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for and by podcasters. We interview podcasters for the real scoop on podcasting. Whether you're thinking about starting a podcast or have been podcasting for years, you'll find lots of inspiration, valuable lessons, and tips in our interviews. This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Please visit podbean.com, the home for podcasters. Hello, podcasting friends, and welcome to the fifth episode of Podcasting Smarter. I'm your host, Jennifer Crawford. Like a good book, you're going to want to check this episode out. Today, I am joined by Hallie, a librarian at the Beaufort County Library in South Carolina and the co-host of the Well-Read Podcast, a bi-weekly show about books and reading with over 150,000 downloads after just 35 episodes. That's not a happy ending. That's a happy beginning. Welcome to the show, Hallie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. I was talking to you a bit before we recorded, uh, and I, I have listened to your podcast, and I'm already a huge fan. So for our audience who might not have found your podcast yet, can you describe it and and maybe why they should listen? Sure. So it's a podcast that I do with my friend and coworker, Ann Cox, who uh, we are both librarians with the Beaufort County Library System in South Carolina, like you said. And we were trying, we know that people are always looking for good book recommendations. If you're a reader, you're kind of always on the hunt for another great book to read. So we decided to start a podcast. It's every two weeks. We have a topic that we sort of narrow down what kind of books we're going to recommend. We each give three recommendations. And then we always end with what we're reading that week, which typically does not fall into the category of type of books we're talking about. So it gives you kind of a diverse selection of books that if you're a reader, you might want to check out. Terrific. Okay, so I want to hear about how you and Anne got started. But before you tell me your podcast story, I'd like to know what genre you'd classify it, excuse me, classify it under. Would it be a fairy tale, a mystery, a hero's journey? (laughs) fantasy, a romance, a comedy, or a satire? Hmm, that's a great question. So it could be a comedy, maybe? (laughs) The way it (laughs) happened was, I'm guessing Anne would say it's a comedy, because the way it happened was we, as librarians, were constantly trying to come up with programs and services for our community to um, allow, it's sometimes for fun, sometimes for learning, all different things. So About a year and a half ago, uh, right after Serial was a huge podcasting phenomenon, we were talking about doing a program at the library to introduce people to what podcasts were, how to download them, what some popular podcasts they might want to try would be, those sorts of things. And we were talking with another, another coworker of ours, Tracy. And the three of us were having this email conversation about it. And all of a sudden, I said, wait, (laughs) instead of just doing a program about what podcasts are, what if we started a podcast that were our recommendations on what to read? And so Anne is uh, not, I don't know how to say this, because I think she's great on the podcast. And I think she's great in public speaking situations, but she's not always that comfortable in public 
speaking situation. So she was sort of like, oh man, I don't know if I want to do this. And I kind of roped her into it because I knew that she reads a lot and I read a lot. And and then Tracy is our marketing person at the library. So she could really market the podcast. And so I thought we would really make a great team. So that's sort of how it came about. We spent a couple of months just sort of throwing ideas back and forth and coming up with ideas for names of podcasts and how what the format would be and then sort of dove in and just started doing it. I think that's really smart because you can now reach people that might not be able to get to the library and and, and re-reaching people way beyond Beaufort County at this point. Exactly. Yeah, that was sort of um, our our philosophy at the library is we, we always want to do things where we have a a good staff, but we don't have as many staff as we would always like for as many things as we would want to do. So what we, what we try to do is come up with ways to reach people that don't take a a huge amount of staff time and reach the most people possible. So we thought that this was a really good way of getting to people who, like you said, don't necessarily come to the library. I mean, now the library, uh, all sorts of libraries offer ebooks and audiobooks that you can just download to your smartphone or your iPad. So you you really never even have to go to the library to be able to check out books. So we thought this is just another way of reaching those people who might not necessarily physically come to the library, but still want book recommendations. Yeah, yeah, super smart. And I think there's a lesson there for anybody who has a message or a mission. Um, and, you know, that podcasts are an incredible way to reach people. Um, far away. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, you mentioned the making a murderer and I actually listened to episode 20, um, about what to read after watching making a murderer. And I, it made me wonder how much does pop culture and like trends, how much do they influence the topics of your show? Well, we, it, it sort of depends. We try to stay on top of that. Like when girl on a, tr- on a train was a huge popular bestseller a year ago, we did an episode of books, other books to read if you like Girl on a Train. So we try to keep those things in mind. And then sometimes we do more just general, like we did a recently, we did our favorite books ever uh, podcast for our year anniversary. So we, we sort of mix them both together. We have gotten a couple of listener requests. So we always try to factor those in when we're coming up with our topics. Um, and then, of course, just being people who consume pop culture, both Anne and I really like movies and TV as well as reading. So I think it just naturally influences what we want to talk about and what we're reading at the time or what we are interested in reading. So I think it it all kind of interplays together with with influencing our decision of what we're going to talk about. Right. I think that's definitely podcasting smarter because when you are on top of those trends, you know, you're relating to people who are also watching and listening and the same type of material. So I know that I love, like when I'm into something, like I really into Walking Dead. So I listen to a Walking Dead podcast because that feeds my my little fangirl obsession with it. <laughs> so I think that's great. Okay. So uh, speaking of Anne, I was wondering what it's like working with a co-host. It sounds like you two are, are have differences. She's maybe a little more shy. Did you have like any beginning challenges? You know, how did your chemistry work out? How how does that work? Well, we were so we've been co-workers for about 3 or 4 years now and but we've never actually worked in the same library. So we just we were always friendly, but I wouldn't say we were necessarily friends until we started the podcast. So uh, once we started the podcast, it was like all of these similar interests popped up and we realized that we have a lot in common. And so we've become much better friends since we started the podcast. 
And so I think if you were to go back and listen to some of our first episodes, it becomes apparent that we don't know each other as well, maybe at the beginning as we do now. Um, And so it was, I feel like it was always our conversation always flowed pretty well because we just are both love reading and we love talking about books. But I feel like we've gotten a lot better at uh, the chemistry between the two of us just because we know each other so much better and we know each other's reading preferences and the books we like. And I, if you've listened to any of our episodes, I like romances and Anne had never really read romances or the, the ones she had read she didn't like. And so it was always my mission to get her to read a romance that she she liked. So that was something that when I when we first started out, I would never have felt comfortable being like, you're going to read one of the romances that I'm going to tell you to read. But But now that we've become friends, we have we are able to do those things with each other and trust each other that that we have each other's best interests at heart when we are when we are talking to each other and, and recommending books to each other. So um, so I think that it's when we started, it was such a learning process. At the time, we were um, doing all of the producing and editing and everything ourselves, and it, I had never done any of that before. So every step of the way, it just felt like we were figuring things out as we went along. So. Hopefully we've gotten a lot better in the year that we've been doing it because we've become more comfortable both with each other and just the podcasting process. Yeah, I think a lot of podcasters go through that where they're starting out and they're just figuring it out one mistake at a time. (laughs) (laughs) I've certainly been there. Uh, So how do you share the workload between the both of you? So what we've done is we now, thankfully, we have somebody who works in the library who has a broadcasting background. So he's actually what we call like our uh, our producer or our you know audio technician guy. He's the one who records us. So he makes sure like the sound levels are as equal as they can be. I have a very kind of loud voice that carries, and Anne has a very soft spoken voice. So that was an issue we had from the beginning is trying to even those things out. So thankfully, we have somebody who takes care of that part for us. So what we do is we have a Google Doc that there are several Google Google Docs that we share as far as preparation ahead of time of what books we're going to talk about, how we're going to uh, divvy up any sort of, you know, we do like maybe about five minute introduction of the topic and kind of who's going to say what not not it's not a script in any way. It's really just like a few sentences and, and by who's putting it in there is who's going to talk about it. And then we just go ahead and we record it. And then once it's recorded, I do the editing to pull out any sort of weird pauses or ums or I knows or, you know, you know, like those weird things that you throw in there. And then Anne does the show notes. So she listens to it and she puts the listing of every book that we talk about, any sort of other pop culture thing. Like if we mention a movie or a TV show, she'll throw that in there too. So it's a, it's a fairly equal division of work. Yeah, it sounds very balanced. It sounds more balanced than um, some other co-hosts that I've met on shows. It's usually not so balanced. So that's really nice. It's really nice that you guys have worked that out so well. Now, how do you, how do you promote your show? So we haven't actually done that much promotion beyond like Facebook. We have it on our library's website, which I think it gets a lot of attention through people that come to the website. We um, we have newsletters and flyers and stuff at the library, and we try to include it on there for people picking it up. Um, I do some... I'll go to local community groups, and I always mention it whenever we do that. Whenever... Actually, we have... Uh, presentations that 
various staff members will do at the library system. And it's included in much of the presentation materials we have. So every time we are speaking to an outside group who sometimes those people are not library users. We always try to include the fact that we have this podcast. So that's really, that's really how we've worked it. Um, we, uh, when we first started, we would post it on our personal Facebook pages and ask our friends to share it. Now we have um, a, a page on Facebook just for the podcast and are always asking people to share it. You know, this week Podbean, thankfully <laughs> we were kind of the featured pro- podcast of the week so there was lots of things on Twitter and uh, on Facebook that we were constantly sharing and asking other people to share. So kind of word of mouth is how we've 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 relied on getting the word out. Yeah, and so I love that you're doing a lot of this grassroots type of promotion too through the library and through your networks. But have you been surprised? I mean, 150,000 downloads—that is pretty impressive when you when you're a relatively new podcast, you know, you're in your, your first year. That's, those are great numbers. Yes. Oh yes. We were, we've been shocked. (laughs) We've been very surprised. (laughs) We constantly feel like, is this actually real? Are these real numbers? But, um, but you know, they are, and I'm not sure exactly how it happened. I think we were just really lucky. I think even just in the year we've been doing it, I think a lot more reading and book related podcasts have popped up. When we started, there were other book podcasts, but there were weren't that many that just did reading recommendations the way we have done it. Um, so I don't know if we just sort of captured something that maybe somebody else hadn't, or I don't know, we just sort of caught on in a way that I didn't expect. Yeah, that that's terrific. And congratulations to you for oh, that. Thank you. Now, how do you get listeners to engage with the show? What's worked for you? Uh, so, so far, what we do is we all, and this is Anne again, she's responsible for our Facebook and our Twitter accounts. And so she always tweets out what we're talking about, or if there's some book news that she wants to chime in on, she'll tweet about that. Um, And so we've engaged with some authors on Twitter, and then they will retweet what the the tweets that we send out, you know, pointing people to our podcast. Uh, We do get emails. We've gotten a few listener emails from people with, as I said, you know, asking us to cover a particular topic or explaining their background and what they would like us to talk about. So that's really how we've been doing it. Uh, I would love to have actually more listener interaction. We've heard from people that they listen to the show, but they don't always interact beyond that, just that they listen. And so I would love more interaction about actually what they would like to see in the show, what they would like to hear us talk about. Yeah, it's always a challenge getting the the quiet listener to uh, to engage. Right, exactly, exactly. Vocal. We'll hear about people that say, "Oh, I listen to your podcast; it's great." But then that's sort of the end of the conversation. And I would love to say, "No, tell us more about what you," because it's us, us just talking about what we think people would like to hear about and kind of what we would like to talk about. So we always want to know what people like to hear. Yeah, it's good intelligence for your show mm-hmm. to get that audience feedback. Exactly. Okay, so you're very closely aligned with the Beaufort County Library. Have you monetized your podcast or is there any plans to monetize your podcast? No, not at this point. Because it is a work-related podcast and we are, uh, you know, uh, we're part of a county government organization, there's no plans to monetize it. Now, in the future, if one of us were to leave the library or both of us were to leave the library, and we wanted to continue on with the podcast at that point, if it became just our personal project, we would probably consider it. But right now we have, it's all supported by the library. So we would never monetize it because as a library, you can't, you can't make money off of anything like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. 
That does sound like a little foreshadowing oh, there no. <laughs> you, that, you, that you put out no, there. No, a little no, foreshadowing. No, I don't need to say it like that. I just, you know, you never know what will happen in the future. And I would, I would hate to see the <laughs> podcast go away if one of us were, decide, were to decide not to work at the library anymore. Right. I think a lot of podcasters, when once they start their first podcast and they enjoy the experience, it's hard not to think of doing a second podcast or other podcast ideas pop into your head and the creative side of you wants to pursue those at some point. So I think it's a natural thought process. <laughs> okay. So what are your biggest podcast challenges? Finding a time to podcast can be difficult. <laughs> Coordinating everybody's schedule, since there are three of us, it's also Adam, our um, sound guy, you know, coordinating three schedules. Sometimes we typically try to record two episodes at once. It just works. Like I said, uh, Anna and I do not work at the same library, and our libraries are about an hour away from each other. So we always have to coordinate uh, we we prefer to be in the same room together. We feel like it's more of a conversation that way instead of yeah. over uh, the internet like you and I are talking right now over an app on my phone is how I'm talking to you. Um, so we just decided we would rather be together in person. So sometimes coordinating that can be difficult uh, because it is a podcast about reading. Every once in a while, we actually have to read books in preparation for the the recording. It's not, we're not always discussing books that we've read in previously, or we've read them so long ago, we have to refresh our memory. So, so sometimes just the time that is going into the preparation, it can feel like a little bit of a crunch, um, just the, the time put into it. Um, but that's really sure. it. We haven't had any major stumbling blocks. It's been a really, really pleasant experience in the last year. That's great. Well, you brought up a good point for those that are considering starting a podcast. It, there's a lot more that goes into a great podcast than just talking into a microphone. There's a lot of work that goes into it behind the scenes. And, and that's a big time commitment and sometimes a, a monetary investment if you're not backed by your local library. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that I think that was good to mention because I think sometimes people assume that, you know, you just hit record and you go. And it's, if only it was that easy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a five-year plan for the Well-Read Podcast? Oh my goodness. No. <laughs> we don't even have a five-month plan. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> no. Oh gosh. Oh, uh, I wish we did. No, we aren't that organized. I wouldn't say we had, uh, we threw together a bunch of topic ideas when we first started that probably would have carried us through the first year or maybe a little bit more than a year as far as topics go. And then we add to that as we think of them or as we get listener feedback. Um, and that's kind of, that's all, <laughs> that's all the planning that we do right now. We, we're kind of planning maybe a month at a time right now. Nice. I like that answer. I'm sort of fascinated by people who do have a five-year plan because I've never worked in that way. So I like that question because just in case somebody has one, nobody has had one yet. Okay. But. <laughs> Please tell me what, how you even make a five-year plan for a podcast. I just want to know how that works. Um, <laughs> okay. So one thing that your podcast made me sort of obsess on this week, I've been thinking a lot about this myself, is how podcasts are like books or 
possibly should be more like books. Like I'm wondering, should we be thinking of the beginning, the middle, the end of our podcast? Should we be thinking of a climax, character development, cliffhangers? Should we try to tell a story, even if we have an educational or informational podcast? How do you feel about that? That's a good question. I think that, yes, I think that you don't want to just have a sort of free for all podcast. I think you need some sort of structure. So just like a a good book, you want there to be some sort of of narrative to it. So for our podcast, we always start like I said with sort of an introduction of what we're going to be talking about that week. If it's a if it's something simple, we don't spend that much time discussing it. If it's kind of a self-explanatory thing, we just dive into our reading recommendations. But sometimes there's a discussion to be had. Uh, you brought up uh, our Making a Murderer podcast, and that was one we wanted to talk a little bit about the phenomenon of true crime that's happening right now uh, before we just started recommending books, because we wanted to give people a frame of reference for why we were discussing what we're discussing. And then, so that's sort of like the, you know, the introduction, and then we get into the meat of the podcast or the the plot of a book where we we make our recommendations on that topic. And then we always end, we wrap things up with what we're reading that week. So yeah, I would say there's sort of a, that for our podcast, there's, there's kind of that flow. And then I would think for most podcasts, it's sort of in, it, good podcasts that people like listening to definitely have that uh, some sort of narrative structure of why they're, why they're even podcasting, why they're telling the, the information that they're telling, what story they want to tell. So I think, I think it sort of naturally happens if you're trying to create a good listenable podcast of having some sort of, of story you're trying to tell. Yeah, I think I think that's true, and I definitely noticed that sort of the beginning, middle, end that that structure with your podcast, and I and I really think it works. I really liked it. And then what I haven't picked up yet because I haven't listened to all the episodes yet is, but you brought it up, is that you have sort of a secondary plot line in your podcast, like the story of you and Anne getting to know each other. Your um, your attempt to get her to <laughs> read a romance book. I mean, that's all fun and, and just gives you a little more depth uh, to the podcast, I think, which um, for people that have, you know, that are regular listeners, that gives them a little more, a little more to hang on to, which I think is really, really interesting. Yeah. I think that one thing that we've become more comfortable with is sharing more about us ourselves personally than we mm-hmm. did at the beginning. I think we were trying to find that balance since we do this for work uh, and librarians are notoriously invested in being w- welcoming to everybody and kind of neutral and wanting everybody to feel like they have a place at the library. We didn't want to always impose too much of what we personally thought about things or just bringing our personal lives to it because it's a professional endeavor that we're doing. Um, so I think we've we've become a little bit more comfortable with injecting our personalities into it a little bit more and our taste. Uh, we still obviously that's going to come through just in the books that we recommend, but we we share a little bit of our personal lives, just just a touch, not a ton. Some podcasts share much more, but we just I think we've become more comfortable with that. And like you said, I think that that has sort of a secondary narrative that we we mention things that you you get to know us as people as well as just these these voices on your phone or however on your computer uh, recommending books to you. Yeah, these are all such good things to keep in mind as we create our shows. So your sound 
for your podcast is really clean. It's it's great. So I'm curious what equipment and tools you use to record and edit and produce your show. So I wish I had thought to write down what we the actual equipment <laughs> that we use um, because. It, like I said, it's all library equipment. We have a media lab at my library with all sort. It's brand new and it has all top of the line equipment. So there are microphones and a soundboard, and um, we use a Mac. We it's a Mac lab, so it's all Mac computers. And I'm not actually sure what program he uses to record the podcast, but I use Audacity to edit the podcast. Um, okay, that's a popular yeah, it, one. Well, it's free. <laughs> Free things are always <laughs> right. always good, uh, but and it's really easy to use. It took me really no time at all to figure out how to edit the podcast. Uh, but as I said, he he handles Adam handles making sure the sound levels are good, and he, because he has that background in broadcasting, and so I'm not exactly sure what program he uses to record us. I'm sorry. That's okay, Adam. You're doing a great <laughs> job. <laughs> Sounds great. Okay, here's a fun question that I think. If anybody can answer, it will be you. What author, dead or alive, should have a podcast? Oh, my goodness. Oh, gosh, that's so hard. There are so many <laughs> There are so many authors. You can you can pair authors up. Maybe <laughs> maybe two authors could co-host. Oh gosh, I would love Margaret Atwood is an author that I find fascinating with how what she has written and sort of her life philosophy that bleeds through into her books. I would love it if she had a podcast to hear what she thinks about things going on in the world today. Things like the presidential Good. election would be very interesting to hear what she has to say. Um, it's, I, I've said in my favorites podcast, Pride and Prejudice is one of my favorite books of all time. I mm. love I love Jane Austen podcast because She's that very would be insightful awesome. on sort of social conventions and very slyly funny. And I think, again, she could give love she advice. Give love she could advice. give like a relationship oh, yes. podcast with Jane Austen. That would be perfect. There you go. Done. <laughs> <laughs> it would be an iTunes uh, top 10 It would definitely sure. be an iTunes top 10. <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you get out of doing the podcast? Uh, well, one of my favorite parts of my job has always been, I've been a librarian for 10 years. I've been a reader my whole life. And so one of my favorite parts about being a librarian is the opportunity to talk books with people and recommend books to people. And so this is just doing that on a broader scale. And in the position that I'm in now, I'm a manager that I don't have as quite as much interaction with the public in that way as I used to. So this sort of feeds that need to, to recommend books to people and, since I don't get to do it every day in my job anymore. So it's very rewarding. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it is. Do you have a must-listen-to episode of the Well-Read Podcast to recommend to a new listener? Oh, goodness. Uh, a starter episode. A starter episode. Well, I think there we did one on current events with one of our guest co-hosts, who's a co-worker of ours, Belinda, that I thought was was interesting, and she brought in a different perspective. So that would be a fun one to listen to, just to sort of whet your appetite for how, what sort of things we cover. Uh, one that would be just Anne and I, probably our favorites episode was fun. It gives you an idea of what kind of readers we are and what kind of books that we like. That's a fairly recent one that we did. Um, those, yeah, those are probably the two that I would say right off the top of my head, I think would be good starting okay, places. Okay, perfect. I, I will link links to those episodes in our show okay. notes. 
Okay, here's another fun, but putting you on the spot type question. If there was a podcast about your life, what would it be called? Just one more chapter. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And then finally, how can our audience listen to your show and find you online? So we can, you can download our podcast through pretty much any podcatcher that exists. Uh, It's well-read is the name of it. Uh, You can go to our library's website, which is BeaufortCountyLibrary.org. And we actually are just transitioning to a new website. So I don't know exactly what the URL would be to link directly to the well-read page, but it's it's easy to find right on the front page. It says podcast. So if you clicked on that, you can find well-read. And uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter and email at wellreadpod at gmail.com. That's terrific. And of course, you can always listen on Podbean. That's how I've discovered you, obviously. And uh, I look forward to the next chapter of your podcast. I can't wait to continue listening. Thank you so much for joining us today on Podcasting Smarter. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Thanks for joining us for Podcasting Smarter. You can check our show notes at podcast.podbean.com for links and details. Please like our podcast, leave your comments, and help us spread the word to other podcasters so we can bring you more great episodes with podcasting tips and inspiration from fellow podcasters. If you want to connect with other podcasters or get interviewed on this podcast, please join our Podcasting Smarter Facebook group. We look forward to welcoming you to the community. Happy podcasting!